y'all. You're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And today in the studio, I have my friend, Chef Michael Brewer with Brechtel Hospitality. We're going to talk all things fun and food in New Orleans. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you were able to join me. I love watching you know, all the the excitement whenever chefs get to move to, to new locations and take over. And for me, as, you know, your Facebook stalker, it's exciting. <laughs> but I'm sure for you as a chef, it's overwhelming and a little crazy. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, and, and the fun part about this whole deal is that we're, it's not just one concept that we're opening, you know. Uh, we, we've rebranded one and opening two different concepts all at the same time. So it makes you pour, pull your hair out <laughs> well, once or twice. Is that why you're wearing a hat today, <laughs> Chef? Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, whenever we, you know, talk about opening a concept and opening a thing, I think for our listeners out there, uh, planning a dinner party is a big deal. Right. Having friends over or knowing that you have family coming in for a 4th of July barbecue but to know that you are doing something like that on a massive scale, but not just for one property, for multiple properties, how do you as a chef sit down and go, this is this is how I am going to attack these massive events and openings that we're going to have? It's it, it becomes prioritization. You've got you've got to focus on the task at hand. Uh, so with Copper Vine, which is our wine gastro pub that we're hoping to open August the sixth, is our target date for that. It's looking at the brand identity and the DNA of what we're trying to to do there and then zeroing in on the menu items that fit that. So you don't want to put Italian food in a sushi restaurant kind of thing. Exactly. You know, so <clears throat> looking at a wine gastro pub, which is what we are. So we want the food to be very approachable and not intimidating. So as I start to develop the menu, I have to keep that in mind. We want to have local flavor. So I'm looking at New Orleans cuisine, I'm looking at things that go with wine, and I'm looking at things that are very, I'm not going to say plain and simple, but comforting and enjoyable. Um, so so that's where the, the thought process starts. And then you just write down every single idea you have, and you start to scratch them off the list going, that's too dead gum hard to make, and this doesn't fit, and it'd be really cool, but it doesn't look right on the plate. And nobody in New Orleans knows what grabiche is, so I got to scratch that. And and you pare down to where you've got, uh, we've got on the three menus. So we have a lunch menu, a dinner menu, and a brunch menu. We have forty five items total. That's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff, and a lot of that is flexed back and forth between the menus. But you start to hone in and focus, uh, and then comes the fun part because you come up with these great ideas, and then you have to execute. And so as you work through the recipe and you test the recipe and you taste test it with all these different folks that go, there's too much salt and that's not spicy enough and I don't like fish. And you, know, you have all these kind of uh, I'm not, egos and opinions <laughs> that you have to deal with that you put that stuff together. And, and when it's all said and done, it sort of comes out in the wash. And you've got a, a, a homogenous menu that fits your concept because you always run everything through that brand DNA. And as long as you're doing that, you end up with a workable piece of paper that you can start looking at your kitchen loading and say, well, everything on my menu is fried. Well, there's only one fry guy, and he's going to 
shoot me by the time the first night's over, over <laughs> with. So how do I spread that out across the line and get my grill guy some work and my salad person some work? So you start to reimagine dishes and how can I put, you know, here a great example, Fulton Alley, Bowling Alley. Okay, we just redid the menu on that. Nobody likes to use a fork and a knife at a bowling alley. No. It's, it it's not practical. It doesn't go. And we had shrimp and grits on the menu, which it's New Orleans. We love shrimp and grits, especially when they're done right. So how can I take shrimp and grits and turn it into finger food? Because when's the last time you tried to eat grits with your fingers? A grit cake? Grit cake. Ah. So we fried the shrimp and we fried the grits into bites and we took that wonderful uh, barbecue sauce that we put on the New Orleans barbecue shrimp, and we turned that into an aioli, which is now a dipping sauce. So we have all the flavors for shrimp and grits, but we've repurposed everything so we can eat it with our hands. So that's when the fun starts coming in, is trying to figure out how to make that happen. I, you know, I love that. And my favorite part is actually the brainstorming part, right. because that's the part where you can't be judged because you don't actually have to implement it. You know, <laughs> you can be like, oh, look at all my great ideas. You figure it out. Right. But um, whenever you were doing all that brainstorming part, did you go to the guys and gals at Brechtel and go, well, I have three other restaurant concepts based on what I took <laughs> off of the menus? <laughs> It is sort of funny. It works out because I keep copious notes about everything I do, either in my phone or I've got four notepads at the house. Uh, my wife gets upset with me because at night I'll grab a piece of paper and I'll write some stuff down. So I've got these little notes laying all over the place. Um, and it's fun because as I start a new concept, I'll go back and look at all those notes and what dishes didn't fit before and what may fit. So I've got a lot of that framework already laid out. Uh, so that so, you know, it's good. Tori McPhail keeps a, he keeps a notepad by his bed at two a.m. He wakes up and writes stuff down. I type it into my phone, or you know, just so I won't forget it. I'll be watching TV and something will hit, and then I look at it and go, well, it might not fit in the concept, but it'll work great in a wine dinner whenever I'm doing an Italian dinner. And I want to do cacio e pepe, but I want to use different ingredients and twist it. So that's that's where all that playing around comes. Back to haunt you, I guess you could say. And so that, so for our listeners out there, Chef Michael Brewer doesn't stop working because seriously, <laughs> he's watching TV and he's writing down notes about about work. But I think that's how a, a chef or anybody who's creative, that's how your brain works. All of a sudden it just hits you and you must bow to the moment of creativity. <laughs> you, it's never shut. I'm sure yours is the same way. It never shuts off. So as I sit there and and and... I'm going through, I was watching uh, something on TV the other night, and they were talking about, like, down-home New Orleans soul food, and they had stuffed turkey wings. Mm. And I've never even thought about the concept of doing this. I can't even remember where it was, but I typed it into my phone, and I started saying, what a cool appetizer that would be is if I deboned turkey wings and stuffed them and then deep fried them oh, like you would I'm, a chicken You had wing. me a deep fried. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> that's sort of how the creative process works. You see something, you go, oh, that's really cool, and you forget about it for a while, and then it comes bubbling back up and... And then you eat Rolaids and it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, you know, when we're talking about this menu that you put together for Copper Vine and, you know, I know uh, uh, I have a lot of friends who will say everything goes with wine, you know, and I sometimes joke that on a Tuesday night, if I reach into my wine cooler and I grab the wrong bottle of wine, 
a $60 bottle of wine or a $10 bottle of wine can go great with my Chinese takeout. So, you know, I joke that this is this all wine is porch wine because you never know when you're going to be sitting on the porch and grabbing the wrong bottle. So, you know, when you're putting these dishes together, are there certain dishes that you just said, this is absolutely perfect for New Orleans and grab any glass of wine and let's let's eat it? You have to go about it that way because wine now has become such a palette for everybody to paint with, right? Uh, so some folks may like Chardonnays, and it doesn't matter if they get a steak, they want a Chardonnay. So as a chef, the challenge is to take the most wines out of those, and we'll have 30 wines by the glass on tap, to take those 30 wines and create a dish that will go with as many as possible. Wow. Which... That's where the challenge comes yeah. in, you know. So it's really easy to say, hey, I'm drinking Chardonnay tonight. I'm going to have some poached salmon with a cream and dill and leek sauce, you know. That's pretty simple to go, you know, or it's a big California Chardonnay, so it's got a lot of butter in it, and I want to do a butter poached lobster. And that that's pretty easy to put that together. But when you look at it and go, how do I take a braised short rib and make it go with Savion Blanc? So how do you do that? Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> to be we'll determined. We'll find out on August the 6th if I know how to make that happen. That's a tease. I think y'all use that in the radio business. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, and that is a really a challenge because you have to keep in mind that, you know, certain people like certain things and their palates are, are growing and expanding. And I've talked to winemakers who say, you know what, my wine is to introduce people to drinking wine. It's this vineyard's job to help teach them about wine and change their palate and make it more sophisticated. And I think food's kind of the same way as people jump in and then they're like, ooh, and now I'm being more adventurous and now I'm trying. Uh, whenever you look at the menu and the things that that you fell in love with what are some of the best dishes on that menu it's like asking your favorite kid i know well, <laughs> yeah and and that's you know i always say i love both my kids as well equally as well and that may or may not be true to, based on what day it is and yes. what they did <laughs> um so the the menu sort of bounces around there's some really there's some stuff that's really adventurous on there for me um, one of the dishes is, is the braised short rib. So it'll be a boneless short rib, and it's going to be braised in a, uh, a hog or a smoked pork demi. Mm. And then we're going to serve it with a Parmesan flan. Which, oh, fun. Interesting textures together. Yes. And so that's sort of the thing is, is it, when we look at our brand DNA again, we don't want to get intimidating. How many people get intimidated with the word flan? So is there a better way to describe that dish that brings it all together and makes it more homey? And I haven't come up with that word yet, but I guarantee you I'll have it by August the 6th. You know, I love the idea that people can kind of expand their palate with a side dish. Right. You know, and if you go, okay, I'm a beef guy. I'm a beef girl. I'm always going to order the steak or the braised short rib or the whatever. You can get them a little bit out of their comfort zone, but still satisfy right. that flavor. And that is kind of fun. Yeah, it is. And, and to that regard, we're doing an escargot flatbread, which is going to be really cool. So we're going to use that same smoky demi as instead of a marinara with the uh, escargot on it. It'll have some charred onion uh, and it'll have a little smoky bacon on it. 
uh, and it's going to have some uh, garlic puree and a little preserved lemon on it. So we're trying to take that that escargot bourgogne and mm-hmm. bring it into something completely different. So you still get all the same feelings when you eat that, but it's it's presented completely different. Uh, so that that becomes the fun part of what we do is trying to reimagine those dishes. But I'm really excited about that one and the short rib. There's a couple of things on there that I look at and go, this is going to be really freaking good. Are there any that you were like, I love this, and uh, everybody's like, yeah, no, chef, not not this one. This one's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, yes, there's quite a few, and they didn't make the cut. So uh, the fortunate thing about being with the folks over at Brechtel Hospitality is they have a lot of background in this. And so we, we basically make our decisions via committee. Uh, and fortunately, the food that I presented, 99% of it, the committee liked. Uh, because you, you don't, it's easy to cook for yourself. It's really difficult to cook for eight different people at the same time. Absolutely. And hit all their palates at the same time. I'm sure you're, with your business, you see it the same way. So we have to have that breadth in the menu to be able to accommodate the folks that might not like escargot or may be afraid of escargot. You know, so for that reason, we'll put a duck confit flatbread. We've got a margarita flatbread. We're doing one with uh, prosciutto and mushrooms and pine nuts on it. So there's a lot of different things out there, uh, and that that's where the challenge gets in is is saying, hey, how do we how do we make sure that everybody there's no veto vote? I don't want to go there because I don't like anything on the menu. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's good. You, you don't want people saying, I don't want to go there because I don't like what chef cooks and what chef put on the menu. Right. You want them to be like, oh, I'm going to go there because I want to eat that. And they have good wine, too. And is it like one of those like self-serve like on tap or is it you're moderated and uh, you're moderated? Okay. There's a bartender <laughs> There's not that's going to be honor the bar. that goes through that. <laughs> right, right. No, I love that. Well, chef, I know you're doing other stuff because with the redo of the the menu over at Fulton Alley and now you're doing Copper Vine, but there's another little place that y'all are opening that uh, maybe isn't uh, as food focused, but I think is food and fun and fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's called Vintage Rock Club. So it will be above walk-ons on Poydra Street where the Rampart Room, some folks have been there before for events. That That is now Vintage Rock Club. We built uh, a, a huge video wall, and we have one, two, three, four, five 84-inch TVs, uh, and we have a DJ that we brought in, and his specialty is 80s party music and mixing live concert footage and videos from the 80s and uh, just making it a really hopping joint that everybody wants to get up and move. and. You know, uh, so so that's sort of the concept behind it. We'll have, it's going to be upscale a little bit. So we'll have leather couches that are not on the dance floor so you can sit down for a bit. Uh, the bar is built for speed. So we've gone back into the 80s and pulled up all those crazy cocktails, the Long Island iced tea and the the uh, blue Hawaiian and the the slippery. I can't. I think I can say I have, that yeah, word. Everybody knows what you mean, though, Chef. <laughs> All those kind of fun drinks, and we've repurposed those with this great little machine that we found that we can talk about in a second. It's a Jello shot machine, but the concept behind this is so that folks that when you're reaching a certain age that you don't want to be out in the hip-hop bars or wherever uh, running around with the 20-something-year-olds, you've got a place where you can go and it's clean, uh, it's fun, it's loud, 
uh, but it's a little nicer than some of the folks down in the quarter. I kind of giggle whenever you you told me, oh, it's kind of like, you know, an 80s, you know, club. And I, I laugh as a, a product and, you know, <laughs> born in the 70s, but lived at large in the 80s and uh, big hair, you know, big hair right, right. <laughs> was, was in. But I used to tease my mom all the time because we would ride in the car when she was driving carpool and she would put on her music station, the oldie station, right? Right. And I remember going, but mama, how am I going to know what the oldies are when I get old like (laughs) you, you know, if I don't get to hear those songs? And I giggle whenever now we're having throwback to the 80s. But and I'm sure that all the people who would be here are having those same conversations with their kids in the car going, yeah, but this is the music. It's it's rough (laughs) when you hear Motley Crue in the elevator. (laughs) 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 You know, you've you've dated yourself when that rolls around. But uh, vintage is going to be originally it's I mean, uh, to start, it's going to be open on Friday and Saturday nights, uh, open around nine and close around three. So it's a later night club. Whenever you finish dinner somewhere and you're not ready to go home, you can come and have a, a cocktail or a jello shot with us. Uh, and and the, I think the jello shots is really going to be a lot of fun. We found this crazy machine. It's like a Keurig machine, but it's huge and it makes jello shots. So instead of putting a pot of coffee in, you put a pot of gelatin in, you add the booze, you hit the button, three minutes later, 20 jello shots come out. I was talking with the guys at the Cats Meow. They did 6,000 jello shots out of this machine in three days. During wow. So it's a workhorse for us. Uh, Are they going to be like artisanal? Well, that's sort of what we're trying to plan because our, awesome. our bar space there is a little limited and we're trying to be built for speed. So we're looking at those 80s classic cocktails. Like I said, the Long Island Iced Tea, the Blue Hawaiian, the Slip. You got that one. Uh, all those fun stuff. And we want to turn those into jello shots so that when you want sex on the beach, you say, I'll have one, and they hand you a jello shot that tastes like sex, sex on the beach. Awesome. So everything else will be shots and, you know, vodka tonics and all that kind of fun stuff. We're going to have Miller High Life ponies there. Everybody loves pony. Yeah. The menu is <laughs> going to be real simple. There's only five items on the menu. So at what this are we going to eat while we're enjoying the party? Well, what did you eat in the 80s? That's going to be. Oh my so, goodness. In yeah. the 80s. I went for Gino's pizza rolls. Yeah. I was like a Totino's pizza girl, yep. like the whole pizza. That kind of, yeah. Right. So, so we're going we're gonna to do a pizza. Uh, we're playing around with whether that's going to be a pizza roll or not right now. It looks like it's going to be a whole pizza. Um, our owner loves caviar. So we're going to have caviar. Hey. You know. Uh, we could still be fancy. I think so. And, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite foods of all time is peanut butter and jelly. Yes. So we're doing peanut butter and jelly with cans of, little cans of Pringles. So it's just sort of like drunk food. Yeah. You know, but, I hate to junk, put it that way, but it's, but it's going to be hey, drunk food. It's junk food. <laughs> and then when you want to be more sophisticated and fancy, you go on over to Copper Vine right. and you can... You can be your fancy yeah. self, and so you can embrace your alter ego and your your right. sophisticated self. Yeah, so at, at 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm doing jello shots, I, I want, you know, something easy, something quick, like a chicken slider or something like that. Yeah. Maybe even a White Castle burger or a Crystal burger kind of thing, so... That's sort of where we're heading with that one. Well, so it sounds to me like you're super busy. You're doing a lot of menu development, a lot of recipe testing. Um, 
maybe a little bit of uh, cocktailing in, in the name of business. <laughs> but, you know, when you're home with your family, are you cooking at home? What are you eating at home? As little as possible. It was funny this weekend, actually, my, my wife had some friends over and she said, well, Michael's going to cook breakfast for us. And this is yesterday. <laughs> totally and I'm, love like, that. I'm like, it's it's 10 o'clock and, and I'm just finding out about, all right, I'll cook breakfast. So I made grits and eggs and bacon, you know, standard stuff. And, uh, and of course, they were cheese grits with jalapenos and Gruyere cheese. And, you know, the bacon was, was artisanal bacon and the eggs were fresh yard eggs that were in a fried them in the bacon fat, which you're not supposed to do, but it's the best way to do eggs. Uh, so it was that kind of stuff. And she said, don't worry, honey, tonight I'll cook for you. Yeah, we didn't eat last night. (laughs) (laughs) But, and you know, that's the story of, you know, our lives is that we love to cook, but in so many times our, our friends or our family are like, Oh, I don't want to cook for you. I'm nervous to cook for you. And I go, I'm so happy not to cook myself that everything is delicious. That's it. And, what you know, I came up with an idea from a restaurant, and, and I'll throw this out there. If somebody picks up on it, then you can credit me with this. But the idea of the restaurant is called Comfort, and it's what chefs eat when they're not at work. Now, to me, that would be cold Chinese and cold and pizza. Cold Chinese, straight out of the styrofoam container. St- yeah, or the little box, the yes. little paper box they serve it in. Uh, it would be cold pizza. Uh, cold Popeye's fried chicken would definitely be on the menu. But if I went warm, it'd be mac and cheese. Yep. It'd be a gooey, just grilled nasty cheese sandwich. grilled cheese sandwich. That's exactly where I was going with that. It would be chicken and dumplings. And so I, I sort of posed this to some of my friends and said, hey, man, this might be fun. We all sit down. We come up with two or three things that we love to eat at, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning when we get off work and build a restaurant concept out of that. Now, whether it'll ever take off or not, but I think it'd be a blast. But you heard it here first. That's right. That's right. <laughs> On the Amy, Chef Amy Sin show. And, you know, <laughs> one of the things that I laugh is that uh, I, I went to the Southern Food and Beverage Museum was super nice to invite us to an event not too long ago. And uh, a bunch of us were there, a bunch of chefs, and uh, I, we all at the same time were kind of like, oh, my gosh, this food is not only delicious, it's hot Yes, to eat hot food. Because right. so many times we're eating room temperature or refrigerated food that to have someone cook us a hot meal is is so nice. And it's, it, you know, you would think as chefs we cook at home all the time. And I, I despise to cook at home. Uh, my wife will look at me and my I, I joke, but she's an excellent cook. She used to own a restaurant here in New Orleans, as a matter of fact, uh, right after Katrina. But uh, I look at her and say, I would much rather spend my time enjoying your company and sitting and letting somebody else do all the heavy lifting and I'll pay for it. As opposed to me peeling carrots in the kitchen and mashing potatoes and having to worry about my, my chicken t- doneness. And it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. I'd rather go out. That, you know? And that, that quality time with your family is important. Where are you going? Where, what's hot right now? Where where should we be eating outside of all the great places with Brechtel Hospitality? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm a huge Nina Compton fan, so Bywater American Bistro is, is probably on top of my list right now. Um, Commanders is always fun. But, you know, a lot of times we don't want to drop 150 or 200 bucks to go out to dinner. We want something sort of uh, comforting. So last night at 9.50, I was getting a burger from Oscars on Metairie Road, one of the best burgers in the city. But I had a coal high life and a burger. 
That's how I feel about Beach Corner. So, yes. Same same thing. You know, somebody that's got uh, just really good food done done well, and I'm happy with it. You know, I can't wait to get in and try Zocalo, uh, Edgar Caro's new place, and Antonio Mata's new place over on Metairie Road. Uh, I worked for them for a while at Bryson's. Great group. So that's on top of my list as well. Um, And then Ken is another favorite that you just go in and you just sort of chill out and, and just have really, really good food. And I love it. We have so many options here in the city to go have really, really good food. And we need to all go out more, especially in the summertime. Right. Don't cook. Go out, spend your money, and uh, spend time with your family while someone else does the cooking and cleaning for and there's you. A, there's a guy out there that tells you don't go to new restaurants in the first six months. I would argue vehemently with that dude and say go to new restaurants in the first six months because if you don't go, they won't be around. And go three times. Yes. That way you can you can have a clear picture of right. the quality and the food and the you know, environment. And just realize that they just opened. They've got things, kinks to work out. But we want to support our local restaurants. I mean, that's sort of the backbone of New Orleans is our food industry, our seafood industry. Uh, and the guys that are growing vegetables around the city. Uh, so if you don't support those new and upcoming restaurants, then you, the, the money doesn't really filter down to the other folks. Uh, we've got some great old timers around, and they're classic, and they're here for a reason. Uh, but I like, the, I like going and trying new stuff as well. Well, so tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can eat, and when you're going to be open. So Fulton Alley, we have that new menu. It's going now. It's not just a bowling alley. We're doing charcuterie, board in a bottle kind of stuff. Come in, have a date. It's a great little place right there down by Harris Casino. Uh, Copper Vine, August the 6th is our proposed date of opening. We're trying to stick to that. That's at 1009 uh, Poydras, right behind Walk-Ons. Uh, Vintage Rock Club, the end of July, we're shooting to have that open. That's above walk-ons. And and that's where I'm going to be found for the next probably four months. And then we'll see what happens after that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chef Mike. I'm so glad that you were able to join us in the studio today. I can't wait. Uh, It gives us something exciting to look forward to this summer and uh, to to wrap our our heads around and to go out and eat. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And y'all, go out and support your local restaurants. Go see Chef Amy at Langua. She (laughs) does a fantastic job from what I understand. You've been listening to WRVH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.